0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 367 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey,
1: Megan. Hi, Sarah.
0: So if you are listening to this on the day it drops, it is the last day of May, which feels like uh, it is about like, to what? be summer. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? One of my children <laughs> is born June 1st, and then we always get out of school It seems like the very, very beginning of June. In fact, Reed has had the last day of school beyond his birthday or the day after his birthday or, you know, something like that, several different years. So um, we're talking about summer today, not surprisingly, but we are tapping into the wisdom of our community and talking about really simple summer rituals, traditions, family fun activities um, that anybody can do. And this is all the wisdom of our community, Megan. It's not even your ideas or mine today.
1: No, I know. I'd love that we're going to highlight some ideas because they are truly simple and like really accessible, I guess is the word I'm looking at. Like no matter what kind of community you live in or what your daily schedule is like or whatever, I think there's something that's accessible for you here. And a lot of it is also one of my favorite things was a lot of it is like kind of mom directed. So it makes, it has kind of the, um, has the perception to the children that they are choosing, but actually, mom is totally in control of the choices that are being offered, which I also love.
0: I love that too. And I actually think if we thought about all our summer content over the years and all of like, what is the essence of the mom hour summer? It is like that mom calculus that makes family life fun and seem spontaneous and carefree and let's go get ice cream. But there's like a layer of intentionality behind it that also preserves mom's sanity, right? Like summer has so many opportunities to relax schedules and structure. And we've talked about that so many times on the show. Um, But I think you and I have both learned over the years that like a little bit of planning or a little bit of an intentionality um, can be good for the whole unit.
1: Yeah, Sarah, it reminds me of when my kids were old enough to be in the backyard without me, um, that they for years did not know that ice cream was something that could be eaten inside the house. Because one of our traditions or rituals was when I was having like a little afternoon mom meltdown, kind of hitting that low energy time of the day. It was time for us to all run out and get ice cream or for me to bust ice cream out of the freezer if I was smart and prepared. And then the kids had to eat it outside. And I went and laid down and put my feet up in the quiet which was great. So it was like a total win-win. They were so excited. They got ice cream. I was so excited. I got quiet time. It's like a, the mashup of a
0: sweet family ritual along with like a secret house rule or a secret, like mom, you know, mom's rule. Um, well, as we often do, we posted this to our Facebook group. Facebook community is a really fun place to get A ton of ideas and comments. I would really encourage those of you who aren't in the Facebook group, if you're ever on Facebook, come and join us there. I actually do not use Facebook at all personally anymore and haven't for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, But I just have a bookmark right to our group. And so I go in there and I'll link up this thread because we're going to talk about a lot of these sweet summer rituals and traditions today, but we can't possibly get to them all. And Megan, there were so many good ones. So we will link that up and you can go read. Everybody's ideas, you know, simple is the key word. And so there's a lot of recurring themes around eating ice cream, staying up late, watching fireworks. But what I really appreciated is really hearing the unique and the specificity about how each family like has made these simple things into either a once a summer tradition or a weekly ritual or whatever. It was just made me feel like so happy and wholesome reading through all these.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was really fun and and I always just love hearing how people do things in their households and getting a little like a little snapshot of what that family's life was like. And so we have some fun ideas to share with you. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious.
0: That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. All right, Megan. So as we said, we got uh, ideas from moms of kids of all ages, from baby all the way up through big kids and teens. And we're kind of all over the map here. I just thought it would be fun to go back and forth and spotlight some of these great summer rituals and traditions. So where do you want to start?
1: Well, I'm going to start with Courtney because um, Courtney's idea um, very much embodies what I was saying before, where it's like the idea is the kids get a choice, but actually, mom is kind of <laughs> has some control of the choices. So, Courtney says they do at least a few child's choice days in their house where the kids nine and 11 get to choose from a list of fun activities like cookie baking, pedicures, board games, et cetera. Um, but then, what I love is she says the day can be as simple or as complex as mom has bandwidth for. Yeah and adds a fun twist to summer break. So I'm going to assume, Courtney, that on days when you're really feeling like you, you're rocking it, you've got all kinds of energy um, or time, that that list might have options on it that wouldn't appear on days when Courtney just needs a little bit of a break, right? So I love that because it's still fun to choose. Like, it's still great. If you're a kid, it's still so exciting to feel like you're in the in the driver's seat and that you get to choose. But maybe some days those choices are you know, get out a frozen cookie dough log and slice them (laughs) and slice them, um, you know, instead of like anything that's a little more taxing.
0: The other thing I love that this does for Courtney or anybody is allow you to say no when kids are asking to do some of these fun things on like a regular old day where you might be working or they might be in camp. So I could definitely see myself being like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to get out that project today, but let's save that for our special choice day or whatever. So I love it. Yeah.
1: I love it too.
0: Um, well I'm going to spotlight Melissa who has a great tradition that I would maybe like to steal this one. Um, and it has to do with summer solstice. I really love the idea of solstice. I think I've talked about it before. I'm really intrigued by winter solstice rituals as well. So she says, I was looking for new traditions to start when my husband and I got married and I found this every summer solstice, we eat dinner outside. Even when it's raining, we find a covered patio. 15 years going strong and the kids now think it's pretty fun. And she says the converse is every winter solstice. We turn off all the lights in the house and eat dinner by candlelight. I love this because you're going to eat dinner anyway. It's likely right? going to be patio weather anyway on June 21st or 22nd. There is something about natural seasons and the meteorological seasons that to me feels like a ritual. And um, it's it's really simple. So I can't remember what, I think I did something with my kids last year on summer solstice, but now I really want to, oh no, it was winter solstice. We did something on winter solstice this year and I'd really like to I don't know, kind of borrow this from Melissa. So I loved that one.
1: Yeah. There's something really genius about making something that you were going to do anyway, that's going to happen anyway, like special, because there's really not any additional work on mom's part. It's right. like slapping a special fun label on something that's just yep. going to happen anyway. And that's just genius. Um, okay, so this next one I have, I love this one from Kristen because it's so um, geographically or like regionally specific, which I think can make anything fun, especially if if the area that you live in, like the area I live in, has really big dif- um, swings in weather or mm-hmm. food that you can access or things that you can do during the summer that are very different and like what you have access to, like, what activities or weather or foods that you might be able to get during the summer than other times of year. I also love this because you could also incorporate other people's regional traditions into your own like vacations. So say someone was to go here. So um, Kristen lives in coastal Massachusetts and she says to kids that they do berry picking strawberries and blueberries. And I love this. She and her mom started doing a tour of lobster rolls. So this started A few summers ago when she was on maternity leave and now it's continued as much as they can every Friday in the summer. So like, I love that because I feel like if I was visiting that area, I feel like I would want to start doing a lobster roll tour as well.
0: I love it. When we were in Rhode Island last summer, um, Reed discovered lobster rolls and I think unofficially did his own lobster roll tour of coastal Rhode Island. Um, we actually got quite a few of these rituals that sort of centered around like taste testing or comparing, um, you know, ice cream parlors in town or coffee shops in town. So I think the, the ages my kids are right now is actually really fun for that kind of thing. Cause they're very into, I don't know, assessing, judging, ranking, you know, so <laughs> Judgy, I, you yes. could do that with anything. You could be like, we're going to try every pizza parlor in town this summer. So I love that you brought that one up and I don't know that I've ever eaten a lobster roll. Have you?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're actually, they're, they're often found at weirdly, like places you wouldn't expect, like places that aren't near a place that would sell lobster. <laughs> like
0: how um, did the lobster
1: get here? <laughs> right. I don't want to think about it too hard, but they are, del- they're very refreshing. I like them a lot.
0: Okay. Well, here's a very simple one from Laura who she says we're a two full-time working parent household with a two and a four-year-old. We started this as soon as the weather got nice. We look at the forecast each week and pick one night a week to have a picnic. We live minutes from a state park and we go straight from daycare pickup. It's such a relaxing evening with no cooking and minimal cleanup. So she says no cooking. I am assuming either she's packing a simple picnic or even picking up takeout. You could do either one. I also love looking at the forecast. It reminded me of you, Megan, because like where I live, the weather just doesn't change very much, but we know like Midwest summers, um, you can have thunderstorms, you can have like all kinds of different things. So I just love that it's combining that thing they're doing anyway, picking up littles from daycare, no dishes, no cleanup, no cooking, um, and making use of that state park nearby. So I love it. Super simple.
1: Well, this is one that I think is really smart. Um, It's from Megan, and it's basically like a sneaky way to get your kids to exercise and get out some of their energy by calling it something (laughs) fun. So she says one, and I also love this. She says one that my kids used to enjoy and may still tolerate this year. So she acknowledges that sometimes traditions don't last forever, and they can be very you know age specific. But it's the ten o'clock mile. So at ten a.m. daily, and I'm not sure where they live. weather wise, like, you know, when it starts to get really hot there, but she says they hop on scooters, rollerblades, or they walk the one mile loop in the back section of their neighborhood. It gets everyone up and out for a little exercise and fresh air before it gets too hot. And I can imagine in some areas that would look more like the Uh 7am mile, or maybe the night before (laughs) like the 2am mile, maybe in some families, um, that would be more of a winter activity or a spring activity, but I just love the idea because you know, sometimes a day starts to get away from you. And if you don't get something like that in early, it may not happen.
0: I love that for a couple of reasons. 10 o'clock is that if you, if you let kids sleep in or kind of have like a slow start to the day in the summer, 10 o'clock might be when you're starting to get that itchy mom feeling where you're like, okay, like people need to at least be wearing a bare minimum amount of clothes like, yeah, has but anybody it's not lunchtime eaten? yet. It's so, not. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and so I love that. And I'm also kind of impressed by the fact that it's a mile. I f- I'm picturing me telling my kids like, okay, we're all going to get outside and move our bodies. And I can totally see myself doing that. I think my kids would be up for a half a mile, like I, a, mm. an amount, but I think if it was a mile, I would have some complaining. It's not that my kids can't walk a mile, but that would feel, that would stretch us a bit. I think in terms of like, how happy everybody would be about that.
1: I almost wonder if you just don't tell them the first time and right. like work up to the mile and then be like, oh my gosh, you guys, did you know that we have been walking a mile? Now right. this is a thing we do. We walk a mile every day. And they're like, whoa. whoa. I don't know. They're, I think sometimes it is the way something is sold. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to them. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, well, Laura says, my husband's job makes it hard for him to take more than a few days of vacation at a time. In this season of life where we aren't going far and avoiding crowds anyway, He'll take a random day off midweek and we'll go on a day trip. I'm a teacher, so I'm off in the summer anyway. He's less stressed going back to just a day or two of work on his desk. And we still get some fun in all together. Okay. This is like, this makes Sarah's calendar planning heart so happy because just, this is your public service reminder that we, you don't have to take vacations or vacation days or PTO like everybody else takes them. It's all so Mm. arbitrary. So Um, Of course, it requires certain types of jobs and certain types of flexibility to be able to do that. But thinking about how your family might take, quote, time off together might just take a little bit of creativity and thinking ahead. So also because I am a huge fan of avoiding crowds, this one just made me so happy. (laughs) She just acknowledges this is not the season of life where we're doing week-long vacations Or or stressful weekend, like trying to cram it all in and weekend. So I love the idea of a midweek day off and a day trip. So love it.
1: Okay. Well, this is also when we're I feel like I wish I had been this smart, like this strategically smart. Um, Melissa, and this is a very simple thing. She says her local frozen yogurt shop offers free frozen yogurt to kids under twelve every Friday. So they just go there every Friday and it's frozen yogurt Friday. I mean, it's kind of genius because she just used an offer they're already (laughs) Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's like a thing that became a thing because this shop is offering it for free. Yeah. And I don't know that I was ever like that. Um, yeah, just strategic about things like that. Like, I always felt like I'd be like, oh, wow, wait, what? There's a free deal yeah. today. Cool. But I wasn't like, okay, now let's come back next week and take advantage. again. if you get thoughtful, there's a lot of places that offer, um, free things for kids on certain days, like free concerts on certain days or free museum Entries on certain days, and that could become the basis for a really budget friendly tradition.
0: Yeah, it makes me think that, like, there's so much um, probably local, like, blog content in your town around this time of year. That's like, I Mm -hmm. remember it from when I was in Scottsdale, like, places kids eat free in the Phoenix area, or like summer concert series. Oh, the summer movies were a big thing in Phoenix because it's so hot. So it's almost like you need that day where you print it all out or you dump it all in a Google document and kind of look at it. Um, and then, you know, you don't have to micromanage your summer. You don't have to do it. Do you don't have to do all the things, but having it all in one place would exactly what you said, Megan, allow you to like pick a thing and then anchor the rest of your fun Friday or your, the rhythm of your week around that thing also saves uh, a little bit of money. If you're getting free frozen yeah. yogurt, that adds up over the course of the summer. Well, I have a simple one from Amanda who wrote, "We make a bucket list of parks within a 20 to 30 minute drive from our house, and on Fridays we get donuts and meet friends at a different park in the morning before it gets too hot." So, again, super simple. Anybody can do this. Um here's what I like about it that's a little bit of a stretch from maybe what I would have done. 20 to 30 minutes is a wider radius than my typical playground days when I was taking kids to the playground a lot. So that allows you to probably see some parks that you wouldn't normally see during the school year or just like give you a little bit of time in the car. You can listen to some music, put on an audio book. I think that's a nice drive time. um, That's probably a little different than your drives around town. Um, But the other thing is the meeting up with friends. Sometimes it takes like one mom in a group of friends to seriously just publish a schedule by text or email and be like, hey, Here's where we'll be on Fridays for the next few weeks. And you'd be surprised at how people might just be like, oh, thank goodness. We were looking for something to do. Um, My friend Myra, who I think listens to the podcast still, uh, one summer was like, hey, our community pool, I, the kids and I will be there at 11 o'clock every Thursday, whatever it was anyone's welcome. There was no coordinating after that. We didn't have to let her right? know we were coming. There was no potluck, there was no it was so simple, but she decided where she and her kids would be every week and then just threw it out to people like if you need something to do or if you want to swim, here's where we'll be. So it it really can be simplified to that level and I think in this time when a lot of us are still figuring out how to build and rebuild community, make friends, I just think there's a lot of good stuff in this very simple thing from Amanda.
1: I love it. Well, we talked a little bit about planning. And Sarah, I know that you have always been a little bit more of an intentional, I don't know, like calendar-based planner than me. But Emily's idea is the kind of thing I could really get behind. And that is just to basically make a summer wish list of all the fun things you want to do by the end of the summer and then stick it on the fridge. And we had another suggestion someplace in here. um, Oh, it was Lisa said, She starts the summer by drawing. Everyone draws on a poster their summer wishes. Either way, it's a visual that Mm. ends up in a place where you can see it. And it might include really simple things like sleepovers or fun treat outings, she says. Maybe some goals like learn how to cook eggs. Um, And this year, a new addition is that each kid will go on an errand all by themselves for the first time. And you know that that is right at the heart of my independence, yeah. <laughs> independence training for kids. But she says she, it really helps give some loose structure to those open-ended days. And I think that when you have something like that posted where you can just see it, it really reminds you that the time is going by and yeah. that these are some things you said you wanted to do. It doesn't mean you have to get everything on the calendar necessarily. And you know what? Maybe you'll get to the end of the summer and some of them won't have happened because they were a little ambitious or the kid lost, you know, interest maybe, or something else came up. But just having some kind of a visual to remind you like this was something we wanted to do can get can be just really helpful when you have time to fill.
0: I agree. And I also have at least one child who kind of has a bottomless capacity for fun things and can tend toward I'm not going to say like ungrateful because I think kids are on their own journey to getting that perspective. But like, what fun have you given me lately, mom? Kind of. Yeah. So I yeah. think having that visual works in both ways, the looking forward and the identifying things we want to do, but also saying, look what we've done. Look what well, we did this
1: thing. Yes. Quit your complaining. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like just a reminder of of, you know, how much how much fun we've had. Simple, big stuff and small stuff. So I love that.
1: Sarah, you and I talk a lot about what a great bonding experience it can be when families explore hobbies together. And that makes me think of our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for kids ages 5 through 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. And they have so many online resources that can help facilitate music education as a family. So if music and culture are a value in your family, I think this is such an easy way to explore that.
0: Yeah, before we started working with Carnegie Hall kids, I knew about Carnegie Hall because of all the famous artists who have performed there over the last, you know, 100 years or so. And now I think it's so great. They're making all that incredible music and history accessible to kids all over the world for free.
1: Yeah, and with summer break around the corner, moms are always looking for some guilt-free screen options to offer their bored kids. I would suggest Carnegie Hall kids' interactive musical explorers around the world map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and a lot more.
0: Yeah, that map is really fun. Well, listeners, whether you're looking for music education you can do as a family or for your kids to explore independently, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. Okay. Well, continuing with the theme of giving something a name that actually just makes your life easier as a mom, Hillary uh, has discovered and is gifting us all the gift of wagon picnics. I love this so much. (laughs) So she says, occasionally on summer evenings, we have what I call wagon picnics. I'll put my daughters age five and two in the wagon, pack PB and J's and goldfish crackers or something similar and super simple. Then we walk around the neighborhood They're happy and contained in the wagon. And I get to get in some exercise. The best part is that when we get home, we can just move on to the bedtime routine because dinner is done. I mean, there's really there's nothing more genius. Like, that's it. That's so good. So she's basically
1: just like, here, have some snacks while I pull you in a wagon. But we're going to call it a thing. And now that's dinner. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of, um, the next one I had picked to talk about, which is from Cambry and Cambry says we go on a lot of bedtime walks where I get everyone in pajamas and throw them all in the wagon for a quick walk before bed. I feel like the, the, when I finally discovered the joy of putting like a baby in their pajamas and then going for a walk so Mm -hmm. that if they were drowsy when you got back, or maybe even asleep when you got back, like the magic of that. And then how that can carry forward because yeah, when they're four years old and you're tugging them in a wagon, they're not probably falling asleep in the wagon, but they're just ready. Like it's a relaxing thing. You've done all the work of bedtime, like the bath and all of that stuff. They're ready. Yes. And then you get to go on a little stroll. And when you get back, it's like, it's really time for bed now. You know, like we did all the things and now mom doesn't have, you don't have that, um, all of that work to do now to still look forward to that part's done. You get to go have a nice little stroll. And when you get back now, we mean it bedtime is here.
0: Yep. I totally love that. Um, well, Neha talked about berry picking and Megan, I have to like, I think you have to tell me about, I don't know, pick your own farm things in the summer, because as a Californian, this has not been something that I've done. I know we can pick, there are, you pick blueberry places around here, but here's what Neha says. Berry picking at a local farm is one of our summer traditions. Picking fruit has been huge as far as getting my kids to eat it. Something about pulling it right off the plant makes it more appetizing to them. We then eat them fresh, make jam, make sorbet, do blind taste tests, and think of other dishes to put them in. When we run out, we go back for more every couple weeks. Throughout the summer, we wind up with strawberries, boysenberries, raspberries, tayberries, Marion berries, blackberries and blueberries. It's fun to watch the cycle of what ripens when and what things look like when they're almost ripe and then after they're picked through. So it's like there are so many good things about this that she's mm-hmm. talking about nutrition and appreciation for where our food comes from and nature and buying from local farms. It's like hitting all of those sort of, I don't know, kind of aspirational things. A lot of us want to prioritize as moms, but it can be hard to figure out how. And it's so simple. So I'm a little envious, but I'm curious, Megan, if berry picking was a thing when you had a bunch of little kids in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, I would say blueberries were typically the one that we would do because we passed a blueberry you pick place regularly. I don't remember why. It was like on our route somewhere that we had time. And so it was just I guess the point is it could be very simple. (laughs) You could just pick one fruit that you actually know your kids will eat a lot of (laughs) pick one fruit, get it. And that for whatever reason, if you have experience with it, you find that it's easy to pick. And I always found that wild or, um, farm blueberries were, well, wild blueberries is a whole different thing and also very fun and easy to pick, but you don't find them everywhere. But a blueberry farm is like a really easy way to start, I think. And for whatever reason, it just happened that we were really close to one. And so we did that regularly when the kids were little. And then I know we went to a strawberry patch several times Um, I feel like we did fall fruit too, but we weren't as ambitious. Like Neha is really ambitious here and very, it sounds like this is a thing they're doing from beginning of the summer to the end. I would say in my family, it was more like something we do twice. Yeah. And you know, we would also go to the farm markets and buy the fruit that they had picked for us and harvested for us. So we did that, that kind of thing all the time. And when, um, and when it was like the time when the harvest was coming in and there was a huge crop, we would get a lot of it. And that's when we would do things like make jams and other kinds of concoctions. So yeah, I think you can do that kind of thing small. And if you enjoy it, um, go bigger with it, you know, add on, add something else on. Oh, peaches too. That's a big thing around here. Oh, nice. Go peach picking. And there's fruit, I don't know if this is a thing where you are in California, Sarah, but there are all kinds of festivals. Okay related to like fruit related festivals I think that we have. So there's like a blueberry festival, a peach festival, you know, there are all kinds I love it. in this area. Okay. So this one from Lauren is just great. This made me really happy. She says, without a doubt, my favorite summer activity for her crew is the solo week. They each get to spend with her parents. One-on-one time is hard to come by with three kids and having their grandparents all to themselves for an entire week is absolutely priceless. It also means that my husband and I get to plan some fun adventures with the two kids who are still at home. So Sarah, I know we've talked before about how much the dynamic can shift when like you've got three and one goes and suddenly you're like, wow, like the two that are left, maybe play together differently or have Mm -hmm. maybe there there's more peace because the one that went is the one that instigates or maybe the ones who are left now have to figure out how to kind of get along because usually the other one is the buffer, you know, whatever. There's like so many dynamics that shift. Plus the kid who goes, gets that one-on-one attention they're often craving. So it's like everybody wins. It's truly dividing and conquering um, in the best possible way. And she gets it for, you know, because they're doing a full week. That's three weeks that she gets to have in the summer with like one less kid and like a fresh experience with the kids who are left. Um, So she does say these three weeks are sometimes tough to squeeze into the calendar, but I'm always so grateful for the memories made. So I love that.
0: I really love that too. And it is amazing how much the workload or the mental load does go down when you go from three to two. And this has happened for us a few times just this year. And my kids are older and they're self-sufficient. And I think, well, it's not going to be that different. It is. There's still one less mouth to feed, one less person to talk to. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be negative about my kids, but When people ask us like, oh, what's the difference between two and three or three and four? Of course, it's a wonderful difference, but it is a difference. And if you go down a kid, you will feel lighter in in all kinds of ways. And everything you just said about sibling dynamics and different opportunities for the family to to like just shuffle itself around, not to mention the grandparent bonding. So I love that one, too. Okay, so Kate has something that she calls a tradition. I'm gonna call it a house rule. It fits right in with uh, the house rules that we've talked about. So in her house, you can stay up as late as you want in the summer as long as you're reading. She says, My kids are seven and 10 and still go to bed quite early for their age. So they love the option to stay up late in their room as long as they have a book. It's also fun to find them with a book sitting over their face when I go in and say goodnight, as they almost always fall asleep reading. So again, it's like Mm. mom changes the rules, but it's still serving mom's priorities, right? Like it's like, yes, the kids feel like they're getting away with something, but,
1: but really you just got them to read more, which is what you really wanted anyway. And they're doing it after hours. So they feel like it's a treat. Yeah. I love it. I love Um, well, this one reminded me of you, Sarah. So this is from Megan and she says muffin tin lunch started when my kids were little and is still popular in the summer months. I line one large muffin tin with silicone muffin liners and then fill each slot with different foods like fresh fruit, baby carrots, cheese cubes, cucumbers, black beans, shredded chicken, nuts, dried fruit, etc. And they get out cute little plates, spoons and toothpicks and devour it. Um, she says, it's also a great way to encourage younger kids to try new foods. Now that I think about it, it's basically a charcuterie board in little cups. I mean, you've done, you've talked about yeah. something very similar on the show before, but what I really love about this as it relates to summer traditions is this idea that like things that are maybe a little too casual to fly during the school year for no real reason, yeah. it's I mean, totally arbitrary. But it's a special treat because it's summer. That's why. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Why is this something we do in the summer? I don't know because it just is. Because it is. I love
0: it very much. I didn't when I used to do this and I think I mean, I have like an Instagram post about this that's like seriously 10 years old, probably. But when I used to do it, I did not even line them with cute silicone muffin. I mean, it was a clean muffin tin, but I just put the food right in there. And the kids, my kids would still love this if I did it. And they are 14, 12 and nine. Something about tiny, something about a charcuterie board. Yes,
1: and if you combine it with like with like eating outside on the patio or something, yeah. it's like it makes it even more casual. And then who cares if they even spill it? Right, it's outside.
0: Yeah, feed it to the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we got several that had to do with um. I'm going to steal the lazy geniuses term again. Opening ceremonies. So like something to do to kind of kick off summer or celebrate the last day of school. I won't read them all, but we had one family does a bonfire. One family makes s'mores. Um, Lots of people said they go for ice cream or have ice cream for dinner, ice cream for lunch. So like a, a running theme was to do something a little bit outside the norm to really mark the beginning of summer. But here is Tammy's, which I really love. Tammy says on the last day of school in June, my husband sets up a tent in the backyard and the kids and dad camp quote, in quotes, camp in the backyard to celebrate the start of summer vacay. She says we've had to set up the tent in the playroom a couple of times due to bad weather, but it's a fun indicator that summer has begun. I really love that they don't even reschedule for bad weather. It's like this is what we're doing. It's happening tonight and the tent will be set up. So I just think that's that's something that kids school aged kids would just find so much fun. Um, we have done backyard camp outs a few times in the last year, and it's just it is special.
1: Yeah. We used to do that when my kids were littler um, and have not as much and they just don't. They're like, mom, you take us camping enough. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I also love that it's dad's camp out Uh because moms typically, and I know this is a generalization, but moms typically do so much of the work, like the heavy lifting of the last month of school and the most of the summer. Like most of the time we're the ones kind of in charge of the activities and the calendar and making sure like all the stuff gets home from school in the first place and all of that. So It's just nice that that first night is actually like dad's on duty.
0: Yeah. I hope dad's putting the tent away too.
1: Yeah, me too. And I kind of picture mom inside, like, I don't know, watching Bridgerton or something (laughs) like whatever she's into, right? Reading a book. Totally. All right. Um, Well, I love this one. This is like a a little bit of a shorter version of like a kickoff event, but I liked this one in particular. Halston says we kick off summer by going to the half-priced bookstore to Mm. stock up for summer reading. I don't even know where a half priced bookstore might be near me, but I love that idea because it's like, she's setting the tone, yep. um, that this is the way, like, this is something that we're going to be doing this summer and we're going to invest in it. And like, I just, that feels very symbolic that that's the first thing they all do together.
0: I love it too. And, um, we did get quite a few good suggestions for kicking off summer reading. So again, I'll point you all back to the original Facebook thread. Cause lots of people had book related ideas. I don't know if you're, do your libraries, Megan, have a secondhand bookstore that's affiliated with the libraries?
1: So our bookstores do, or sorry, our library does, I want to say it's twice a year. Okay. Um, that they have a big book sale in the basement. Okay. But it's, it's goes on for a long time. Like it's a, a multiple weeks long event. And so I don't know that they're affiliated with any other used bookstores So
0: Okay. So the way ours worked and I'd be curious, like, I bet it's just different everywhere. But when I lived down in orange County, it was so nice because most of the public libraries there had a friends of the library nonprofit or like adjacent, you know, library adjacent nonprofit. And it was, it was like your basement book sale, but it was all year, all the time. And it was right in the same building. And we would just cycle through there. Almost every time we went to the library, and it, I mean, you'd find weird books and treasures mm-hmm. and old books, yes. and um, it wasn't like ye old rare book, nice used bookstore, but it was like garage sale book hunting, and that was really right. fun. I haven't, I think there is something like that here in Santa Barbara, but I haven't seen it as like a brick and mortar actual room or section that's affiliated with the library, and that was really nice. I loved that. So,
1: I will also say that a couple of the different nonprofits that have um, that have a thrift store attached. So, you know, they're all different. And like, yeah. there's, there's like the local church based ones and things like that that are different from Goodwill or Salvation Army. And a couple of those have really nice little bookstores, like mm-hmm. really nice to bookstores better than I have found at your typical thrift store. That's not specializing in that. Right. So, Yeah. Okay.
0: Um okay well we're going to stick with the theme of like summer kickoff and this is from Heather and I love it for a lot of reasons. Let me set the tone that her kids are now 10, 11 and a half, 15 and 17. So she is still doing this and I I kind of love the idea of continuing these traditions even when you're into the teenage years. Um so she says my four kids help me decorate a welcome to summer banner that we string across our backyard gate area. They then mm. run through it together ripping it apart. And we have a water balloon fight with whatever neighborhood kids are available to do it. Simple, but a very tangible way to bring in the summer. Like literally they are like running through the banner, like they're crossing a finish line or something. And she said, they still placate me by doing it at 10 through 17. So, I mean, moms of younger kids, if you start some of these silly traditions when they're too young to like know that they're silly, and then you just keep, keep going. I think sometimes the teenagers, like they might roll their eyes, but it, it still is like part of family culture. And I, I love it.
1: I love that too. Um, that I'm just picturing my big monstrous <laughs> children. I don't know, like falling on each other in a yeah. big heap or something and All the that would be pictures and
0: videos yeah. you'd get over the years. Like it it'd be hard to start with a fifteen and seventeen year old probably. <laughs> but if if they'd had to do it every year and they and yeah. at the end they're doing a water balloon fight and having yep. ice cream. Like yeah, I love yeah. it. That's really fun.
1: So this is a really simple one from Morgan. Um, She says this summer, they're planning to start dessert Wednesday. So every Wednesday, they're going to go get dessert after dinner and choose a different local place each week till they run out of places and then they start over. Um, I love this because she, first of all, is not trying to take the kids all out to dinner every Mm -hmm. Wednesday, which is a completely different thing. Dessert is doable. Dessert could happen an hour after dinner or right after dinner. So you know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily have to look exactly the same every Wednesday. Um, it's a lot less expensive than going out to dinner and she works full-time Monday through Friday. So she said it's kind of like a midweek treat for herself as well, which I also think anytime you can truly feel like something you're doing for your kids also feels like a treat for you. Like truly feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) That is a bonus. Like that is a big win.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I also uh, I keep coming back to my kids being kind of um <clears throat> a little bit entitled right now, which I actually do think is like a post pandemic thing when it comes to going out and getting treats. But I also love that this would allow you to try different dessert places and kind of decide ahead of time, because in my house, we do a lot of like, I like the ice cream at this place better, but I like the ice <laughs> cream. At it's like we're going for ice cream. Good Lord, Right. Um, so intentionally, (laughs) intentionally visiting different places in your town is a really fun way to support local businesses and also like just kind of maybe get out of your routine, whatever your routine is. Okay. We're not quite done talking about books, Megan, and this is this is next level. I would say it is simple, but it is next level smart. And it comes from Honey. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Honi. Uh, She says, I collect hand-me-down books from friends who want to clean out their children's book collection. I keep a box of books in my car with a big, happy free books sign. I put the box out anytime we're at a beach or playground or music concert, even at the bottom of hiking trails. I love to look around at a mm. playground and see kids taking a break to read free, easy rewards beyond measure. I literally just kind of got a little bit of goosebumps because you know how I am with the children and their books. She's doing, she is like a book fairy for the whole community. She just drags out a box that says free books everywhere they go. I I'm so inspired by this. I will report back if I actually do this. It is something I would do, um, but I don't want to just say that and not deliver. So I will report back if I do this. It's amazing.
1: I I could totally see you being the book fairy for your (laughs) community, Sarah. Um, Okay. So this one comes from Alicia and I love this because, you know, I love being a yes mom. I love saying yes to my kids. And I know that's, you know, sometimes people um, like me say yes a little too much. And then sometimes there are moms who have a harder time saying yes. And so this kind of, I think works for both. So she says, we add money to our rec center account so that every time we go to the pool, we say yes to the ice cream and popsicles they sell. And she says it costs maybe $40 for the whole summer and it's just easier and more fun. Mom, just always say yes. But what I love is that there's a container around yep. it. It's like the, the money's already spent. Um, so it's budgeted for it doesn't feel like a death by a thousand cuts, like, yes. a, you know, a buck here, a buck there. It's like a preset decided amount, but it gives you the feeling like you're being spontaneous yep. and saying yes. So that's great. The other thing I love about this is I know from my own kids that there is nothing that gives them more delight, especially when they were like around the ages of, um, I'm going to say starting at about eight till like 12 where they're not quite, um, like they want autonomy, but they don't actually have their own money or like credit card or ability to buy stuff on their own. A lot of the time there is nothing my kids got a bigger kick out of than putting something on the tab.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So
1: sometimes I would like take them to, I don't know if we were like going to go listen to music outside, like at a brewery or something, I would open a tab and just knowing that my kids would be able to go order like a root beer or get a bag of chips and put it on the tab. And they loved it so much. Like they felt like they were important or getting away with something or I don't know, or like Times we visited friends at the yacht club in town. They're like, Oh, you could just get to put your food on the tab. Like what is the tab? It's like
0: free. It's like, it's like magic right. free food. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So it just, it like plays to all of those fun things.
0: It really does. And there is some, I think there's some spending and budgeting psychology, like you mentioned to that too, where it can feel like, Oh gosh, these kids are always asking me for five bucks or like, I don't know how much we've spent this week on our, so that prepaid, there is some really powerful, like mental work you're doing for yourself to just be able to say yes and enjoy. Yeah. The last one I'm going to mention, I'm going to say this maybe is a little step up from simple, but it's really fun. And it is (laughs) Christmas in July from Jamie is the listener who Mm -hmm. said this. And she said, Christmas in July, pick a random rainy day, make a simple craft and cookie watch a Christmas movie and listen to Christmas music with a single strand of Christmas lights up. I mean, I, I really love this idea. I think sometimes the summer, the midsummer or that two thirds of the way through, you mentioned that mm-hmm. Megan recently that like, it's like not soon enough to start planning for back to school, but you're past the halfway point And it's just like, Oh, we're not near the end yet. Right. Man. Christmas yeah. in July. That could be really fun.
1: Okay. So the last one I'm going to share comes from Shelly. And I love this one because it's taking something that we've, you know, again, like none of these are reinventing the wheel, right? These are all things that anybody can do, eating outside, going for ice cream, having a picnic. But this is very specific to this family. Um, She says, we're a farming family. So our summers are very busy with field work. And one tradition we have is field suppers. So they bring supper to the field so they can eat their meals with dad and he doesn't have to stop and come in the house. There's like something so Little House on the Prairie about this that I am just like smiling so big. She says sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's a full roast beef and potato meal. Sitting on a blanket in the field, on the truck tailgate, or even in our PJs just dropping off a meal on the go is something very fun and meaningful for our family. And I I just love that. It just gives me all of the warm fuzzies.
0: It does. And we have a lot of rural and farming families in our community. So I'm really glad we got to touch on that because that life is very different than, say, like some of the others examples we've given of suburban life or two working parents. And yeah, I love it. Love picturing that as well. Um, This was really fun. I, again, encourage everybody to read all of the ideas. We will link up that Facebook thread in the show notes, which are also in whatever podcast Player app you are listening to right now. Yeah. Megan, you are coming back in everybody's feed this Friday with a voices episode.
1: Yeah. So I'm talking with our contributors, Jamie and Jennifer about um, outdoors, like being outdoorsy with kids. And we're taking it from two very different sort of approaches where maybe for you, that looks like going to local parks and just being really familiar with the nature in your own backyard and maybe some little slightly more aspirational Outdoorsiness with camping and backpacking and things like that. So um, it's really fun. And yeah, that'll be this Friday.
0: Awesome. I can't wait to hear that conversation. Also, don't forget everyone. We have a great collection of travel related podcast and blog content up at com slash travel 22. It's also really easy to find right from the homepage at Um We're going to be starting to roll out some fun travel guides for different cities around the country, because we now have this amazing contributor team who lives all over the country so there's going to be some fun blog posts coming out including Megan you and I writing with about things to do in the towns where we live because we get asked about that all the time we both live in touristy areas so check the travel hub um watch our socials and we'll be talking more about that as we kick off summer so thanks for listening everyone we will talk to you soon back to you then